It's time for the Daily Stand-Up Podcast presented by Agile Dad with your host, Lee Henson. Without any further ado, let's get started. I recently got approached by a student who asked me to review an article by David Pereira. Now, the article had to do with the best way to ensure team accountability. And the conversation was one that we had in class, so it was really, really interesting. So the conversation started with, in our organization, we find we're committing to things and we're not getting them done. So okay, that's a common issue. The next words out of this person's mouth were that uh, whenever the dev team says they're going to finish things, they're not taking QA into consideration. I'm like, whoa, that means that you don't have any dedicated QA inside of the team, that you have two separate teams, one dev team and one quality team. And they said, yes. So they tried to explain to me that they had great advantage by doing this. They said the big advantage is if we have dedicated QA, it brings advanced level expertise because these people know the product inside and out. And then it makes QA not negotiable either. You know, even under severe stress, you're going to get tested because you have a dedicated team of people who are responsible for testing this piece. I said, okay, well, that makes sense. I said, but you didn't look at the uh, disadvantages. I said, first and foremost, it forced you to focus on the process of getting things back and forth instead of trying to create value. It causes frequent delays due to confusion between teams. Uh, there are frequent misunderstandings due to lack of context knowledge. People play the blame game. It's their fault. No, it's their fault. Of course, you got the silo effect because then developers never learn how to test things and testers never learn how things are built. And you have a pure lack of ownership. Now, David Pereira did a good job with this article pointing out the advantages and disadvantages. He said, but there is a better step. He says, if you want to create developers plus a QA expert all as one team. So a slight variation is that the team doesn't have enough quality people to go around, but get support from a QA expert. So instead of being accountable for everything related to QA, the QA experts responsible for helping a team develop their expertise and ensure a standard quality level. The advantages there is you get accountability from end to end, high collaboration level, quality output from the team, a clear quality assurance standard, and the team eventually becomes cross-functional, which is nice. But the disadvantage is that the team's uh, output is going to drastically reduce during a ramp up, and QA experts can become a bottleneck because um, they're supporting multiple teams, right? So developers can skip QA if they feel pressure for more output, and a QA expert needs support from leadership to make sure that those kind of things don't happen. So better than we were before, but still not necessarily ideal. Okay, then you have a team of dedicated developers in QA all working together. So uh, this is a typical structure with scrum teams. It's about having a dedicated person as a QA engineer, and this person is responsible for doing most of the tasks required to QA. Depending on the team size, they may have two engineers or even three dedicated to QA that are present. So if you do this, you have dedicated QA engineers that bring advanced expertise, quality assurance isn't negotiable even under stress, QA happens inside the sprint as part of the work. The disadvantage, though, is that it's going to create siloed effect again. Uh, QA's may be too idle at the beginning of sprint without a lot to do. Uh, it creates a new role inside of the team, which is wholly against Scrum values, and no responsibility from end to end. Uh, I like where David's going with this. This is good. And then he talks about one of my favorite ways to do this, a fully cross-functional team. In the Scrum Guide, he quotes, Scrum teams are cross-functional, meaning members have all the skills necessary to create value each sprint. 
This means end-to-end -end value, right? So if you have fully cross-functional folks, people that could test each other's code, you have no dependencies with teams or other people, a very high accountability level, QA is treated as part of the part of the part, and team members grow together and learn how to do this together. You do get reduced output, at least initially, because the team's accountable for everything from end to end, and there's no dedicated single person for QA, so you may not get the same level of testing or proficiency of testing each time. But, you know, the big takeaway from this is the only disadvantage that I see is that in times of pressure, the team could decide to skirt QA or to shrink it in order to get more delivered. But if you have a well-disciplined team and they have a good team working agreement, I don't even see that as an issue, right? I think that the key that David is trying to say here, which I wholeheartedly agree, is that QA needs to be part of the team and the team needs to feel confident testing each other's things and that we need to have testing throughout the sprint. Now, a lot of times what I tell those people who are on the team is that, you know, I don't want you to try to split your time percentage-wise. I want you to work on something and test something. It's not that hard. You have a primary task and then a secondary task. And I think that if we treat it as such, it's going to help the teams have greater success. It's going to help us get a more frequent opportunity to inspect and adapt. And we're never going to be waiting for other people to do things. So I hope that was helpful to you. Excellent article, David. If you have an article you'd like for us to review, feel free to reach out to us. Learn more at AgileDad.com where we'd love to learn about what you want to talk about. Until next time, stay healthy, stay well, and stay agile, my friends. Do take care.